Hey guys, just a quick programming note before we get started. So the next few episodes that you're going to hear are recorded in a different place in my house. My studio is currently being renovated, which means I cannot record in there. I've tried multiple places and so far this is the best place for the sound quality. So I do apologize if you notice a slight difference. I tried to negate it as much as I possibly could for the next few episodes. Building a real estate portfolio is as much about buying properties as being a de facto entrepreneur. I'm Karina Ufinger. I'm a multi-property investor, rental management company CEO, and also a landlord coach. I'm going to show you the systems and knowledge you need to thrive as a real estate entrepreneur. From your first property purchase to building a portfolio of passive income where you work less than five hours a week, you'll learn the essential information and skills to build a profitable portfolio and live the life you truly want. Whether you are well on your journey or just starting out, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Landlord Chick Podcast. In our next two episodes, we're gonna talk about screening criteria because I really feel not only is screening criteria in general important, But I think given everything we're going through with eviction moratoriums and other things, that screening criteria is all the more crucial than normal. You should always be following your screening criteria every time you process an application or talk to a prospect. But nowadays I find myself pontificating more and more about screening criteria on investor forums. Now, why is this? It's because in the midst of these evictions, moratoriums and other restrictions, Our screening criteria is now our most important line of defense. It truly is. One of the things that has fundamentally changed for us is how much weight and significance we place on our screening process. In a way, we've sort of tightened our screening criteria. Now, this isn't to say that we were loose and fast with it before, because we certainly weren't. We've just made small tweaks that have made the difference in what applications are accepted and what ones we tend to pass on. Now, I'm not going to go into specifics in our screening criteria because what is permissible for us here in Wisconsin can be vastly different than what you can do in your state and even in your city or your county because counties and cities can have a say in what is legal for screening criteria. Here in Wisconsin, uh, Dane County is famous for having its own uh, sections of fair housing protected classes, things like that, which would definitely affect your screening criteria. This episode is more to get you thinking about your own screening criteria and pondering how you can make it more ironclad to get the tenant that you want for your unit. Now, I also should just stop and say that, of course, with a more stringent screening criteria, you may face a slightly longer vacancy. But let me ask you this question. Would you rather have it sit vacant an extra three weeks for a highly vetted tenant versus rolling the dice and possibly getting stuck with a tenant who can't pay in a city where judges aren't giving evictions of any form right now? Take a moment to think about that. Even though it might be sitting vacant slightly longer, That's worth it if you know in the end the chances of you getting a highly vetted tenant that will be able to meet their obligations 
that's worth it. So the first thing I want you to consider is adjusting your credit score parameters. Our screening criteria uses credit scores as one of the main determining factors. One of the ways you can help reinforce your first line of defense right now is to shore up your credit score requirements. Increase your minimum score requirement. What class of property you are renting out will play into how much you might want to adjust the bottom score. If you're renting out a C-class property, you might not be able to increase the bottom score too much. Maybe it's just by 10 or 20 points. But those 10 or 20 points actually make a huge difference on a credit score. Versus if you're working with like a B or an A property, you obviously have a little bit more leeway. You could probably go 50. You could maybe even go 60, 70. So take into consideration what class of property you're renting out and then figure out if you could adjust your bottom score at all. Also consider a tiered credit score system where a score in a certain range requires X deposit more. So the way the tier system works is you usually have your bottom line, which is your denial score. Then the next two tiers are conditional acceptance tiers and they will determine a different additional security amount rate. So maybe the tier right below denial requires an extra full deposit. And then the one that's second from the bottom is an extra half deposit. And then the top tier is your standard acceptance. The other thing you can do is to consider collecting first, last, and security deposit. This is something I've personally never done, yet it is a practice that is used by a large complex a lot of times and often big rental owners that have larger portfolios. You may have heard the term first and last month's rent from a renter when they are inquiring about move-in terms. That's different. I could also go into a completely separate rant about how that turn of phrase is horrible and you should always clarify it anytime somebody brings it to you. But anyway, in this equation of first, last, and security deposit, we are collecting the first month, the last month, as well as a standard deposit. Now I have to say, Check your state statutes on how you are permitted to record this. Some states, such as Wisconsin, won't allow you to hold future rent payments. So you would have to refer to that as part of the security deposit in your records and probably as well in your ad. But one thing you're doing by collecting the first, last, and security is that you're increasing the amount of money that you have for that unit in the event that something goes south. Now, if you think this is crazy because you're saying, whoa, the economy is rough, people don't have savings. Let me say to you that numerous banks are pointing to a record high of savings in their bank accounts right now. Across the board, savings are up. This is because number one, people aren't really spending money because there haven't been a lot of ways to spend money. All the things that people would spend a lot of money on previously, like concerts, um, theater, festivals, um, conventions, those aren't going on right now. So there's actually a higher level of savings than we've ever seen in this country in recent history. And this is despite the increase in like Amazon purchases and Target online purchases, by the way. But I also want to say that when the economy is rough, that is when you want to protect your investment the most. And that's really what you should take away from this episode is that it's all about protecting your investment right now because everything is rough. Suggestion number three is to make sure you're getting those employer references. 
I prefer employer references over rental verifications any day of the week. Pandemic, no pandemic. A landlord or management company can easily have a vested interest in embellishing the facts to get rid of their not so great tenant. I've had this a couple times where a tenant might apply and I get a reference from the landlord and it just seems too stellar to be true. And usually it ends up being so. Employer references rarely have anything at stake in their report on an employee in a screening process. So their reference to you as far as whether they show up to work, how they interact with coworkers, they don't necessarily have anything to gain or to lose in regards to their report. So they're going to tell you the truth. And now is a great time to throw in a question like, is there any reason this person may not be employed by the company in X months? Place more weight on the employer's reference right now than a stellar rental verification. And honestly, I say you should do that all the time. Number four, stick to your screening criteria like glue. Now is, the time to, now is not the time to make exceptions to your screening criteria. You set those parameters for a reason. They are meant to help you locate the ideal tenant for your property. Why during uncertain times would you suddenly view the document as guidelines? During tough times is when you should look at your screener criteria as ironclad. It's which you created to bring the tenant you wanted to rent to in the first place. Don't get desperate and lessen that criteria. Not to mention getting flexible with your criteria may cause some fair housing issues for you down the line. I hope I gave you guys some food for thought in regards to your screening criteria right now during this eviction moratorium and other things that are going on. As always, I encourage you guys to hit me up over on Instagram. I'm the landlord chick or at landlord chick over there. So feel free to hit me up there with your questions and follow me over there to figure out what I do with my own rentals and other tips and tricks that I have posted there. And I will see you guys in the next episode.